Hi everybody, I hope you're doing well as you're listening to this lecture. Um, as I'm recording this, it's actually a very rainy and dreary day in Binghamton, New York. Imagine that, huh? So we're going to be taking a look at the, uh, at the Caribbean region, uh, which is chapter 5 in your textbook. Uh, and uh, the Caribbean is really kind of unique cultural and physical region. I, I really like it that this textbook breaks the Caribbean out uh, from Latin America. Most uh, world regional geography textbooks and courses would actually have the two regions discussed together. But uh, I think that there's enough difference between the Caribbean and Latin America to actually separate them into two separate regions. And so that's why we're looking at this uh, separately from Latin America. So um, this, uh, this chapter and this uh, series of lectures on the Caribbean develops the concept of plantation agriculture. And understanding this form of agriculture will help you understand agricultural transformations in other regions of the world as well. Uh, the impact of colonialism on con contemporary geopolitical events is highlighted uh, in this region as well. Uh, one of the things that we'll see is this, this is a region that has been dominated by a variety of different uh, colonial powers and more recently by the United States. Uh, tourism as an economic uh, development activity in this region is also emphasized. Uh, tourism plays an extremely important role in the economy of this region. And we'll talk about the, uh, positive, uh, the positive aspects of tourism, but also some of the negative aspects of tourism in this region. And uh, this region um, is, uh, the understanding of globalization is strengthened uh, through introduction of multilateral practices such as offshore assembly plants and banking, uh, offshore gambling, and so forth also take place in this region. So we'll be taking a look at all these different aspects of Latin America. We'll also be, as you can see from the slide, we'll also explain the historical and cultural links that define the cultural, economic, and political boundaries of this complex region, because it is quite complex uh, through uh, the uh, migration of a variety of different groups, uh, in some cases the voluntary migration of groups to this region, as well as the involuntary or the forced migration of different cultural groups into the region. We'll also examine the role of primary commodities such as sugarcane, and, and, as well as tourism play in the Caribbean economy. And we'll also discuss the, the relationships between the Caribbean and the rest of the Western Hemisphere, especially Latin America, and as I mentioned before, especially the United States as well. So here are the key, some of the key concepts that we'll be discussing as we go through this, uh, through this chapter and through these uh, uh, series of lectures. Uh, we'll be taking a look at uh, the concept of isolated proximity, rimland, greater and lesser Antilles, hurricanes, diaspora, circular and chain migration, transnationalism, creolization, plantation, uh, plantation America, monocrop production, indentured labor, maroon societies, Monroe Doctrine, neocolonialism, free trade zones, offshore banking, and capital leakage. <clears throat> the Caribbean was the first region of the Americas to be colonized by the Europeans. Uh, as I mentioned uh, when we were discussing Latin America, 
uh, Columbus and uh, his uh, explorations landed on the island of Hispaniola, uh, which is in the Caribbean, uh, actually uh, shared by the Dominican Republic and Haiti today. Uh, and that was the first place that Europeans landed uh, in the Western Hemisphere. So uh, this was the region to be first colonized by the Europeans. The region's identity is, is really very unclear. It's often considered both part of and separate from Latin America, as I mentioned before. I really like the fact that we're separating it out in this, uh, uh, in this, in this series of lectures. Uh, the region is home to approximately 43 million people in 26 different countries and territories. Uh, countries and territories in the region exhibit a broad range of sizes. The British uh, dependency of the Turks and Caicos has approximately 12,000 people, while the island of Hispaniola is home to 20 million people. Uh, three states on the mainland of South America, Guyana, Suriname, and French Guiana, and one state in Central America, Belize, are considered part of the Caribbean. And we'll discuss the reasons for that in, in a few minutes. From the 16th century uh, through the 19th century, European colonial powers rival for control of the region. Uh, and we have seen a variety of different uh, colonial powers in this region, uh, from the Spanish to the French to the British, uh, the Dutch, and so forth, all vied for power in this region. Since the 19th century, uh, the United States has been a major geopolitical in the for, uh, force in the region and remains so today, obviously. Agriculture, uh, especially plantations, remains a dominant economic activity tourism, offshore banking, and manufacturing uh, more recently has become important in this region. So let's talk a little bit about this notion of isolated proximity since we have it on the slide here. Isolated proximity refers to the idea that um, while this area is tends to be isolated and has formed its own kind of uh, culture and cultural characteristics, which is really a blend of uh, indigenous, African, and European cultures, uh, it it's, uh, remains isolated from much of the rest of the world because it is, uh, most of the countries in this area are islands. And uh, in some ways, uh, you know, at least in the past, difficult to get to. But at the same time, it's also in close proximity to the United States, which really has plays an important role in the development of this area because much of this area is very dependent upon tourism from the United States uh, for, its, uh, for their economic well-being as well as trade with the United States. So it kind of suffers from this isolation but also it's close enough to the United States that it tends to be dominated by uh, uh, the political uh, situation that's occurring, in political as well as economic situation that's occurring in the United States. And this image here, the kind of all dancers in Trinidad, is an expression of the various cultures uh, that are apparent within the region. So we want to take a look at some of the environmental geography of the region, and um, uh, uh, as we typically do uh, when we're looking at uh, the various regions of the world, we like to look at the physical features uh, and the uh, environmental issues uh, in the regions to help us understand the human activity. So one of the things that we'll see is what, uh, poverty uh, exists in many parts of, uh, of this region. As you can see this tent city in Haiti as a result of uh, the earthquake 
and uh, hurricanes that have come through that area and destroyed many of the houses and so forth. Many people continue to live in tents, uh, tent cities and so forth. Haiti being a very poor country obviously depends on the international community for aid in helping to uh, get the uh, lives of the people back to normal. And even before the hurricanes and earthquakes, Haiti was a very poor country. This region you know, obviously is uh, susceptible to earthquakes as well as hurricanes. As you can see uh, from this uh, map, there's uh, plate boundaries that exist in the region, and this region often experiences earthquakes as well as volcanoes. Uh, the island of Montserrat experienced a volcano back in the 1990s that essentially uh, pretty much uh, drove and forced most of the population off the island, and few people have returned since that time. Uh, we talked about the Greater Antilles and the Lesser Antilles. The Greater Antilles are the larger islands of the region, so Cuba, um, the island Hispaniola, Puerto Rico uh, would be considered, uh, and Jamaica would be considered uh, the Greater Antilles. And then the Smaller Antilles are these, uh, is kind of this arc of small, small islands in the rest of the region. Uh, so this map illustrates some of the uh, environmental issues in the region. The region's ecology has been significantly transformed as a result of colonization and global trade. The depletion of biological re resources has been severe, uh, particularly on uh, Hispaniola and particularly in the country of Haiti has been largely deforested, um, either for agriculture or to use the wood for, for fuel and, to, and for building and so forth. Other places uh, have been uh, transformed uh, for agricultural purposes, particularly in Cuba, Dominican Republic, and even in Puerto Rico. Uh, a lot of the original land cover has been removed uh, to do agriculture. Prior to the arrival of the Europeans, much of the region was covered in tropical rainforests and deciduous forests. Most were cleared, as I mentioned, for plantations and the need for fuel and lumber. Uh, we also have some other issues in the region. For example, we have coastal pollution, and this is really detrimental to um, coastal pollution can be really detrimental to the tourist industry because uh, obviously nobody wants to go to a place where the, where the oceans are polluted because nobody wants to swim in polluted oceans. Um, so uh, it's, uh, it's really important if uh, countries in this region want to maintain their tourist economy that they may also maintain their environment as well and make sure that the environment is, is uh, clean and uh, that, so it can be used for uh, swimming and other uh, beach activities. So as I mentioned, deforestation has been a real problem in this region. This is, you can see, deforestation in Haiti. As you can see, much of the mountains have been cleared. And obviously, this contributes to erosion of the, of the soil and so forth as well um, in, in Haiti and other parts of the region. The Caribbean rimland includes the coastal zone of the mainland, stretching from Belize through Central America and the northern coast of South America. The biological biological diversity of the Rimland states are less threatened than the islands uh, because they've had uh, good uh, management by the government. Public awareness of conservation efforts is greater and many protected areas have been established. Some areas including Guyana, 
and Suriname remain battlegrounds between conservationists, indigenous peoples, and developers. Um, and then in the urban areas, um, we've really seen some significant urban problems as a result of uh, rapid rural to urban migration and the rapid growth of cities. Cities in the region confront problems stemming, stemming from water quality and waste disposal. For many of the urban poor, water, sewage, service, and sewage services are overtaxed or in some cases even non-existent. Most island economies cannot afford to improve basic urban infrastructure. Uh, fresh water supplies fall short because of domestic needs. And you have to understand, because these are, in many cases, very small islands, uh, they have very uh, limited uh, freshwater resources uh, on the island. So uh, water is really a precious commodity in many of these um, countries. The Caribbean Sea lies between the Antillean Islands and mainland Central America and South America. The region is interconnected by trade, abundant in marine diversity, but not in quantities of species. Thus not supportive of a large-scale commercial fishing, the Antillian Islands are divided into two groups. So as I mentioned, we talked about the Greater Antilles are composed of the islands of Cuba, Jamaica, Hispaniola, shared by, which is obviously shared by uh, Haiti and Dominican Republic, as well as Puerto Rico. Um, this is home to most of the Caribbean's population, contains significant arable lands. Farming is important, but soils are, in many cases, nutrient poor. They're also heavily leached and acidic, and high mountains characterize the physical geography as well in the Greater Antilles. So, for example, the Blue, the Blue Mountains of Jamaica, which uh, produce actually a, a very good coffee if you go to Starbucks or any place else. Uh, you can find uh, uh, Blue Mountain Coffee from Jamaica. Um, then we also have the Lesser Antilles, which is, as I pointed out on the map, is the double arc of uh, small, islands, small islands stretching from the Virgin Islands to, Trini to Trinidad and from St. Kitts to Gren uh, Grenada. Smaller in size and population than the Greater Antilles, uh, historically they were important for footholds for European colonial powers. Uh, volcanic, uh, these islands are volcanic in, uh, in origin. So many of these islands are really the tops of uh, undersea mountains that uh, have formed uh, through volcanic activity. The Rimland uh, is uh, composed of Belize and the Guianas, and they retain significant amounts of forest cover. Agricultural patterns are heavily influenced by geology and soils. Uh, and so you can see this, is, uh, this photo uh, shows you the uh, Caribbean islands, the, the, the blueness of the water and so forth. They're just you know, beautiful uh, landscapes. Uh, and so um, it's no wonder that tourism is a huge activity in this region. So uh, taking a look at the climate as well as the vegetation, um, th this is really a tropical climate with warm temperatures and abundant rainfall year round. Seasonality is marked by changes in precipitation uh, rather than, than uh, changes in temperature. Uh, dominance, uh, the uh, dominant uh, vegetation is tropical forest vegetation, and in some areas grasslands, uh, because uh, in some of the larger islands in particular, um, precipitation can uh, 
you'll find a lot of precipitation in the mountainous areas, uh, which is referred to as orographic precipitation. And as the, the, uh, pre as the uh, weather systems that bring that precipitation, as they cross over the mountains, uh, they lose the moisture and uh, the rainfall in the interior sections is um, often much less than in the mountainous areas. And so those uh, low-lying low areas can support uh, grasslands. Um, and then even in some of the smaller islands, um, precipitation in many cases just tends to pass over top of them. Uh, there's no uh, trigger to, uh, such as mountains, to force the, the uh, moisture-laden air up uh, and uh, for that air to cool and for the uh, moisture to condense into rainfall. Uh, so they, uh, the, many of the smaller islands also experience uh, limited amounts of precipitation. I'm thinking of Aruba, uh, for example, which is very much a desert island uh, because much of the moisture just passes over top of it without actually uh, falling. And so Aruba is down in this area, down in here. Uh, so anyway, yeah, as you can see from this map, um, most of the climates are AF, tropical wet, or AW, tropical savanna climate, which would be the grassland climates. Um, and then we also have the BWs, which would be the tropical and subtropical desert. Okay, and then you can see from the climate graphs, the var uh, various climate graphs, temperatures tend to be uh, relatively warm year round. And as you can see, precipitation varies from year to year. And obviously a big source of precipitation would be the um, hurricanes that come through the area. Talking uh, a little bit more about some of the vegetation patterns in the area, forests, savannas, and mangroves. Tropical forests, once widespread, are now largely confined to the rimlands uh, countries uh, because uh, many of the island um, areas that supported tropical rainforests have been deforested. Their sm uh, small pockets remain elsewhere, usually surrounded by fields and savannas. Coastal mangroves are poorly suited for human settlement, but key ecosystems for marine life. Removal of mangroves has resulted in increased erosion and reduction in marine ha habitat. So uh, taking a look at the uh, Caribbean and global warming, the effects of global warming on the region have been uh, sea level rise, increased intensity of storms, and particularly hurricanes, and variable rainfall leading to floods and droughts. Loss of biodiversity in the region uh, has been uh, has been uh, significant as well through the process of deforestation, uh, but also uh, through uh, flooding and also through uh, global temperature rise. The region is not a major contributor contributor of greenhouse gases, uh, however. So you can see uh, hurricanes do play a significant role in the, in the climate and weather of this region also. And um, it's also displaced many people, particularly in, in some of the smaller islands, and particularly as we talked in Haiti, has been significantly impacted uh, by hurricanes and displaced many people. And you can see many, uh, many of the hurricanes uh, that form in the Atlantic have a path that comes uh, through the through the Caribbean region. And there's two main paths through the Caribbean. There's one that actually comes through the Lesser Antilles and then up through the Greater Antilles and ends into the Gulf of Mexico. But then we also have the paths that uh, uh, skirt kind of the uh, Lesser Antilles and then up along the east coast of the United States as well. 
And then we even have some that what may actually form in the Caribbean and the uh, southern part of the Caribbean come up along the rimland areas uh, through the Yucatan Peninsula and then uh, as you can see through uh, Hurricane Mitch, was a, which was a very strong hurricane back in the 1990s, actually followed this path across the Yucatan back into the Caribbean, back into the Gulf of Mexico and then into uh, the state of Florida before it went out into the Atlantic. And this is a, a satellite image of uh, Hurricane Mitch. As you can see, as it crosses, this would be the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico. So as it comes out of uh, the Caribbean and then into Jamaica, Cuba, and so forth. So I want to talk about uh, population and settlement in this, uh, in this first lecture on the Caribbean. Um, so the population, is, we generally have po high population densities in many of the islands because they are so small. Um, they are increasingly becoming urbanized. Um, many people are taking jobs to, in the service sector uh, to support the uh, tourist industry. So increasingly urbanized, but region but the origin ex, uh, exhibits significant variation. Islands of the uh, Greater Antilles are more populated, have a higher population, while the Lesser Antilles have lower populations, but still can have very high population densities because of their smaller territories. Access to arable land is a major problem for many islands. Mainland uh, countries uh, in the region uh, are sparsely populated and continue to be highly forested. So taking a look at our map here, you can see, um, as we mentioned, uh, the uh, Greater Antilles, the larger islands of the region, have the highest populations, okay? And many of our smaller islands, as I said, has very, have very small populations, but because of the very s small territories, uh, have experienced high population densities. And then, as you can see, uh, the uh, main, mainland states in the region are sparsely settled. So let's take a look at some of the demographic indicators in the region. Throughout the 17th and throughout the 17th and through the 19th century, mortality rates of the indigenous populations were very high because of disease, maltreatment, and malnutrition. Actually, this region, ha its culture has been uh, essentially totally changed because um, the uh, indigenous population was almost totally wiped out in this region and, and replaced with either European population, uh, uh, slaves from Africa, or indentured labor from South Asia, South Asia and Southeast Asia, which has t totally transformed uh, the culture of the region. Um, so, as I mentioned, uh, there was large-scale importation of slaves from Africa who also suffer from high mortality um, during the 17th through the uh, 19th century. A gradual improvement in sanitary conditions uh, helped to increase uh, uh, life expectancy as well as uh, uh, childhood, childhood uh, uh, expe uh, life expectancy as well. Uh, natural population began to increase with peak periods of growth between the 1950s and the 1960s. Growth rates have declined somewhat and have begun to stabilize. 
Fertility declined uh, most significant, was the most significant demographic trend in the region. Uh, and partially responsible for that would be educational improvements, uh, urbanization to a certain extent, and preference for small family size have contributed to fertility declines. And so let's take a look at, uh, at some of the demographic indicators on this, uh, on this table. And you can see that the populations, for the most part, are very small uh, throughout this region. Uh, the largest population would be in Cuba. Uh, Haiti would have the second highest, uh, second largest population with 9.8 million people. And uh, let me see here if I can find Puerto Rico has about 4 million people. Um, Dominican Republic has about 9.9 .9 million people. And so, uh, uh, the countries are, are relatively small uh, as far as their population goes. The rest of the countries are relatively small. But you can see the population densities are relatively high even though populations are small as I keep mentioning. Rate of natural increase uh, in most countries is uh, relatively low. Some countries do have high rates of natural increase or what might be considered uh, high rates of natural increase. Um, 2.3, 2.4. Um, so while they're high, they're not extraordinarily high. We'll see in other regions of the world where there'll be higher rates of natural increase, uh, certainly higher rates of natural increase than this. The total fertility rates in most countries are relatively uh, low. Some, um, in many countries, they don't, do not uh, meet the replacement level. Belize sticks out with a high fertility rate of 3.1. Haiti, of course, will have a high uh, uh, total fertility rate of 3.5, and so forth. And I think probably what we can say, as we'll find in most regions of the world, those countries with high rates of, high total fertility rates and high rates of natural increase will be the countries that are, are probably the poorer countries within the region. So, uh, and then percent urban, in many countries, uh, you know, 100% urban, and again, this is attributable to their relatively small size, lack of arable land, so people have to find employment in uh, urban areas. And as I mentioned before, this is largely in response to supporting uh, the tourist industry uh, in, this, in this region. Net migration, uh, people are leaving uh, this region, many people leaving the Caribbean to come to the United States, different parts of the United States. So for example, we'll have a lot of people leaving this region uh, from the Dominican Republic to come to the United States, from Puerto Rico to come to the United States, uh, from uh, Haiti and so forth to come to the United States, as well as to some of the European countries that were form the former colonizer in the region. So um, a lot going on demographically in this region. Fertility seems to be declining. People are opting to have smaller families, but we're also seeing a lot of people move from this region to come to other parts of, uh, of uh, North America as well as to um, Europe. So one of the things that I want to mention also is uh, HIV and AIDS. Although it's in, the de in decline in this region, the rate of infection remains twice of that as North America, but considerably less than Sub-Saharan Africa, which we'll be talking about 
Next, AIDS is the largest cause of death among young men in, in the English-speaking Caribbean. Haiti has been highly impacted by HIV AIDS, and many countries have increased educational awareness to prevent the spread of disease. So as you might imagine, HIV AIDS in this region is, uh, is uh, spread largely through prostitution. Uh, and being a tourist area, many people will come to this area and they will uh, uh, participate in prostitution and um, uh, spread, and this is one of the main ways that HIV and AIDS is spread throughout the region. So I, I talked about, I mentioned uh, a bit about the emigration or people leaving this area. So we have uh, uh, emigration to other parts of the Caribbean, uh, uh, specifically to North America and Europe. And this really began in the 1950s. Uh, so in the 1950s is when we really started to see a lot of uh, Puerto Rican emigration uh, to the United States, particularly to New York City, but also to some other parts of uh, North America. And that trend has spread to other countries throughout the Caribbean region. It's largely an economic-driven process, and, and uh, very often the people who participated in this emigration are referred to as the Caribbean uh, diaspora. Uh, as I mentioned, interregional movements are also significant, uh, so people moving from one country or one island in this region to other islands to take advantage of economic opportunities are also important. We talk about the notion of circular migration, and this is the idea that people, individuals seek employment in a foreign country for a short period of time, return home, perhaps, and, and perhaps repeat this uh, process many times. So it's a kind of a circular process. People will move from the Caribbean to the mainland of North America, find employment uh, for maybe six months out of the year, return home with money, um, to help support their families, take employment, maybe during the tourist season in the Caribbean, uh, then return to North America and follow this pattern several times. That's a very common pattern. It's a very common pattern from uh, Puerto Rico, from the Dominican Republic, from Jamaica, and so forth, um, where they come, will come spend time in North America or maybe in Europe and then return home. Chain migration, on the, hand, on the other hand, is when one family member moves to a new country and over time brings friends and relatives. And this can account for the formation of immigrant enclaves in the destination country. So uh, if you're from New York City or if you are familiar with New York City, you know that uh, immigrant enclaves have formed in New York City from the Dominican Republic, from Puerto Rico. Um, uh, and from other countries, uh, from Haiti and so forth. Haiti, a lot of Haitians actually end up going to Florida, uh, and so there's enclaves that have formed there. Um, so this is the process of one family member moving to a new destination uh, in North America or maybe in, in Western Europe, and then over time accumulating enough capital to bring another family member, and then the two will uh, accumulate another, enough capital, bring in, uh, another family member, and the process continues in a chain-like manner. Um, so you can see from this map uh, the various uh, migration patterns and where people are, are going. Uh, the red lines indicate people going to the United States. Uh, uh, then you can see kind of, I guess this is a goldish color, people going to Canada. 
uh, to Great Britain, uh, there's the Green Lines to France, and so forth. And part of the reason why people are going back to Western European countries is because of the uh, formal colonial ties between uh, some of the islands and Western Europe. Uh, we also discussed transnationalism in relation to uh, Latin America, but that also plays an important role in understanding migration in uh, the Caribbean as well. So when we talk about transnational migration, we're actually talking about the straddling of livelihoods and household, households between two countries. This is an increasingly common practice. Those from the Dominican Republic, for example, are consi considered to be the most transnational. So, you know, um, and circular migration also helps us to understand this notion of transnationalism as people maintain their culture, cultural characteristics from their homeland, but also adopt uh, cultural char characteristics of, uh, for example, North America. We also need to understand the world to urban continuum in this region. The structure of Caribbean communities reflects plantation and a slave legacy. Rural communities tend to be loosely organized. Labor is transient. Small farms are scattered on available land. Uh, so labor is transient, and it helps us to understand the interregional migration as people move from place to place to take up, take up wage labor at various uh, times throughout the year. Uh, most, uh, most of the agriculture that's not uh, plantation agriculture is subsistence, which means that they're producing for their family and local, uh, local village and so forth, and not necessarily for the, uh, for the uh, local, uh, or not necessarily for global markets. Uh, the impact of slavery, slavery, and we'll talk more about this uh, in the next lecture has been uh, dramatic in this region. As I mentioned before, uh, you know, uh, the indigenous population of this, of this region was essentially wiped out and replaced with um, African slaves and, as well as um, uh, European, uh, Europeans and more recently uh, people from North America uh, coming to this region as well. But that has totally changed the, uh, the culture of the region. We'll talk more about the African, or essentially the blending of the ag African, ag uh, um, African cultures as well as the uh, cultures from the indentured uh, labor that was brought to the region as well. Uh, Caribbean cities, uh, as I mentioned, there's been rural to urban migration has increased uh, since the 1960s because of the mechanization of agriculture. Offshore industrialization has also attracted uh, people from rural areas to cities, and there's been uh, rapid population growth uh, during the 60s, 70s, and even into the 80s in this region, which has uh, caused people to uh, move to cities. And so uh, the cities in this region have grown uh, quite dramatically. Spatial variation in levels of urbanization. Cuba is, uh, is the most urbanized. Uh, Haiti, on the other hand, is the least urbanized. The layout of cities often reflects uh, the colonial legacy, so they'll very much have a, a Spanish um, appearance or, or a, uh, the appearance of uh, uh, cities from Great Britain or France or whatever colonial power happened to be uh, dominant on any particular island. Uh, obviously, cultural diversity is reflected in the cities as well. 
there seem there's a shortage of uh, housing in the in the uh, region, so we'll see that many people end up living in squatter settlements. Uh, the shortage of urban employment opportunities and housing uh, has resulted in rise of squatter settlements in most cities. Cities in Cuba are the exception because of housing because housing developments are provided by the socialist government. So we so in this lecture we've taken a look at the um, housing uh, and uh, the, or I'm sorry the physical geography and the population of the region. And so you can see from this image, this is Old Havana, very much a Spanish influence. Um, there's obviously similarities to cities in Latin America as well because of the Spanish influence on cities there. Okay, and uh, you can see, you know, uh, in this case, uh, this really has a more of an influence. Uh, uh, you know, while it does have a Spanish influence, um, we might also say it also has somewhat of a uh, British influence. So you'll see a wide variety of influences on uh, in the um, in uh, Latin American cities, and then of course there's uh, the slum housing uh, lacks the uh, uh, running water, sanitation, in some cases even electricity. So this is in Santo Domingo. Domingo in the Dominican Republic, this image over here. Okay, so like I said, we've taken a look at the physical geography and the population the geography of the region. And in the second uh, part of the uh, lecture on Latin America, we'll come back and we'll take a look at the cultural uh, geography of the region.